Hey everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. I'm your host, David Anderson, and today we're talking about Halloween, Dick Warlocks, True Power, and Witches, Witches, Witches. You know, that's all. With a little help from The Witch and my friend, Daniel Montgomery. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. As I'm recording this to go out to you, it is mid-October. We are in it. We are living. But to tell you the truth, I'm feeling a little panicky. Uh, For most normal people, Halloween is still off in the distance, and maybe they're just starting to think about it or make plans to celebrate. But for me, I look forward to this all year, and I can already feel it slipping through my fingers. Store shelves have already started to be cleared for Christmas merchandise, and as is so often the case with me, I'm filled with dread and anxiety, feeling like I'm not doing enough to really make the most of the Halloween season. I cannot go to enough haunted houses, watch enough scary movies, or bake enough pumpkin bread to feel satisfied. Oh God, what am I really hungry for? No, no, it's fine. But I will say this podcast, and specifically this episode, is intended to be my big offering to the spirit of Halloween this year. And let's remember, Halloween starts right here. And I'm pointing to my heart as I say that. So wherever you are and whenever you're listening, if you need to feel a cool autumn breeze and you're yearning for a touch of the magic of October, this one goes out from me right to your sweet, sweet candy corn soul. I wish you the happiest and scariest Halloween. I think for a lot of us who love horror, a love of Halloween comes with a package. After all, it's the one time of year when normals are finally interested in the things that we're always thinking and talking about, and we're surrounded with iconography and imagery that feels like home, like the world has finally caught up. We know that weirdness is always an asset, but it's always a little more fun to be weird together. There's nothing I love more than driving past a neighbor tossing severed limbs and bones across their yard and giving them a congratulatory honk of a horn and a thumbs up when any other time of year the sight of that would elicit nothing but a quick call to the cops. I have to say my love of Halloween predates my love of horror specifically, probably because as kids that's sort of our entry point, right? And the first time we're introduced to the idea that being scared can be fun. But for those of us who truly love it and consider ourselves stewards of sorts, it goes beyond that and feels rooted in something we can't quite explain. That's certainly true for me. I have no memory of my earliest Halloweens, but my parents are still baffled by an obsession that presented itself as soon as I was able to express it. According to them, I was constantly planning what I wanted to be, abandoning concepts, and starting costume development from scratch several times a year. And if my parents tried to elbow their way into my creative process, look out. My mom still hasn't recovered from the year she dressed me up as Pinocchio. She will tell you all about the costume she made, the long nose, and how she painstakingly drew joints on my arms and legs, and how much I hated it because it wasn't scary. Sorry, there's no place for cute at Halloween or even worse, sexy. Go ghoul or go home. I know for most people, Halloween is sort of a made-up, non-holiday for kids that's about plastic spiders and candy, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing about any of that that I don't like. But Halloween is a very strange amalgamation of ritual and tradition that has continued to evolve, and it's crazy to me that within my lifetime, I've seen a shift in its popularity and all the new opportunities to celebrate that pop up every year. For me, the idea that Halloween is the one night of the year when the veil is thin, when the barrier between earth and spirit is lifted and souls can roam free. That sends a chill down my spine in the best way possible and triggers some 
I don't know, ancient form of recognition in me that makes zero sense given my life and experience, but in some weird way, it feels rooted in something that feels true. To me, it's not morbid. It's a healthy way to confront and acknowledge death and kind of take the wind out of its sails. After all, sooner or later, it's coming for us all. No sense in denying that. Now, I'm not saying I believe that the souls of the dead actually roam free on Halloween, but I absolutely love that idea. I find it incredibly romantic and oddly comforting. And of course, you know, I really resonate with a kind of old world superstition that when you leave the door open, sometimes unwanted things can creep in. Some of the traditions associated with Halloween that we take for granted, but still practice, are remnants of measures to keep those things at bay. And oh, that just fills me with giddy delight, pure magic. Remember magic? I don't know about you, but these days more than ever, I need a little magic in my life. I happen to believe that death is not the end and that the loved ones we've lost are never far away. There are certain holidays, certain times of the year, when that feels even more true. For me, fall and Halloween are just brimming with, I don't know, wistful nostalgia, happy memories of childhood, and strange echoes of recognition, perhaps from lives long ago lived. Mine or someone else's, who knows? I grew up in Southern California, where I've never really experienced real seasons, but I somehow crave New England autumns. Give me cider and a hayride any day of the week, as I sit here sweltering in the 90-degree heat. Boo. Anyway, engaging with holiday rituals and traditions, particularly those connected with the seasons like Halloween, for me is life-affirming. A reminder that we're all part of a cycle of birth and death, loss and renewal, or even just a small way of saying, hey, I was here too, and we're all in this together, plus pumpkin spice lattes. Or, you know, maybe that's all too heady and I'm just overcompensating and making up for lost time. Although I was certainly allowed to indulge my love of Halloween and horror as a kid, my parents were still very conservative and only willing to follow me so far. I also spent seven years at a fundamentalist elementary school where, on the daily, it was drilled into me that everything I loved, and in fact everything that I was, was evil, sinful, and destined for damnation. Tell me more. And boy, was I conflicted. Nothing about that felt right to me, nothing about that felt true to me, but I certainly didn't have the ability to process that or articulate it, not to mention I'm also a a people pleaser and a rule follower, so my early years were spent in hiding, just trying to blend in. I can tell you Halloween was definitely not permitted at my school, and there were all kinds of delightfully ridiculous lectures about Halloween being the anti-Christmas and a celebration of Satan's birthday. Uh, That was before they actually cracked a book and caught up on the fact that Christmas has pagan roots that run pretty deep, and banned that as well. Bah humbug. So, on Halloween, our consolation prize, I guess, was a sad sack of a celebration called Colonial Day, where we got to hand in reports and give speeches, because that's so fun, about the founding fathers in full costume. So driving into school every Halloween, I'd be surrounded by carloads of cavorting ghosts, devils, and vampires getting ready to parade around at their school carnival or whatever it was they got to do. Well, I sat there in a powdered wig and knee breeches counting the hours, just counting the hours until I could kick that tri-corner hat to the curb and ascend at dusk like the witch I knew that I was. Suck it, Puritans. Suck it, patriarchy. And I ain't never looked back. Eh. Well, maybe I've glanced back in the rearview mirror a couple times. But I think acknowledging and nurturing my inner Halloween witch was a first step towards striving for authenticity in all areas of my life. So what does it mean to self-identify as a witch? Thank you for asking. I'm talking witch's archetype here, as symbol of Halloween, of wisdom, magic, and power, as a figure with access to the spirit world, and yes, as outsider. 
I've long had a fascination with witches, particularly as a kid, and felt a certain, I don't know, kinship with the idea of witch in the more traditional, let's say, fairy tale sense. I want to read you a quote from Psychology Today, published May 31st, 2006, about what this concept of witch symbolizes and embodies. When someone calls another a witch, we know exactly what they mean. The witch has powers. She is uncanny and unholy. She lives outside the borders of civilization and has been ostracized because her ways stand in opposition to accepted values, thus challenging our own impulse to conform. The witch reminds us there may well be unnameable and untamable aspects of ourselves where passions stagnate and fester. Do we harbor an urge that wishes to transgress and to cross borders? Yeah, we do. I think if you took that idea, spliced in a strand of my DNA, added just a hint of nutmeg, and brought it all to boil in a cauldron, the end result would be the movie The Witch. Okay, I wanted to talk to someone who could have this conversation, who could help me untie this knot. Someone who understands and gets me, and believe me, if he gets me, he gets you too. So, let's talk to the truly amazing Daniel Montgomery. Hi. Hi, Daniel. How are you, David? I'm good. Can you can you smell it in the air, the pumpkin spice? I li- what I can actually smell literally is a harvest Yankee candle. Well, there might smells like my wildest scream. <laughs> there might be some literal pumpkin spice happening. But oh, I was yeah. really referring to the Halloween season. Oh god, it's being upon almost us. upon us. I know. For David and I, it's upon us like all year round, though, in a way. Yeah, but this is when it really kicks in, and I feel my powers start to kind of, you know come into their own once again. Yeah, join the hellish crusade. (laughs) For those of you who may not know, Daniel is a very talented actor, writer, and one of the creative minds behind Creep LA, along with his brother Matthew. Who cares about Matthew? Host of the Goosebumps podcast, Welcome to Deadcast. Yes. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. I know that you're extremely busy, especially this time of year. I mean, it's our time. Here we are. I wanted you on the show because you are nothing if not a kindred spirit. That's for sure. And we met when I was doing some work on Creep LA a couple of years ago. That's right. And I knew off the bat that uh, you understood everything that's important in life (laughs) and that there was nothing I couldn't say that you wouldn't understand or nothing I could say that you wouldn't understand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think once Halloween references, I'm talking the movie Halloween references, started popping up in everyday conversation, I just knew you were the one. Yeah. You know what's meant to be when you can talk in dialogue shorthand without having to explain a word? No. Can you believe we live in a world where there is essentially an H4O? I can't. I really... It's so so important, and it's such a big deal to me that I almost... Like, I have to not... I have to not think about it. I consciously have to, like let it live in some other space in my brain. Because if I go there, I may never come back. I'm still not convinced that it's really happening, even either. though there's a trailer and I've seen it. And I, I mean, as I told you, I'm not, I'm, I haven't watched the trailer. I'm planning on not watching it before. I'm, if, if I've told myself if I'm in a movie theater and it happens to come on before a movie, I will watch it because that is the universe deciding for me. But otherwise, I'm just going to go in blind and... I, I don't think I will believe it's happening until after I've after I've seen it. And maybe not even then, honestly. I can't. I feel like for some reason, like, I don't deserve this. <laughs> like, I feel like we don't deserve this. Like, I and I am such a huge Halloween H2O fan. Like, it is just one of my number ones. So, like, I, I can't believe we live in a world where we get another Laurie Strode. 
like an H4O, like 40 years later, 20 years after Halloween H2O, like I, I really can't go there because I might, I really feel like I might explode. Well, first things first, I want to look you right in the eye and tell you, you do deserve this. Oh my gosh. So the, the, accept that. Wow. <laughs> Receive that's, it. That's some true validation right there. <laughs> well, you deserve it too. I think we all, I mean, oh we, all we all yeah. honestly deserve it. It's been a rough couple of years. We need this. We need this. We need a Lori Strode. more than ever. Absolutely. I've been, for years, my brother and I have been, and my friend Kat, we were all debating about getting Jamie Lee Curtis tattoos, David. I don't have any and tattoos. Where's there room for debate in that conversation? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Like, why, I guess the I guess the, the real question is why we ha- why we've waited. You Not know? even like what pose she would be in. Like, these are the, well, these are the important questions. For a while, we thought we would tattoo the word, and I drew it on my leg for a long time, not saying the tattoo would be on my leg, but just something we ended up sort of like saying to each other for years and the tattoo would be the phrase love me question mark love jamie lee period i'm pretty sure it will happen someday i really i really think it. i should. think this is your year you think yeah i really yeah, do maybe it will be maybe it will be we'll we'll have to see but maybe there's going to be a halloween h6 so who knows if we should live so long well i, I <laughs> blank, if that's happening I'll, I'll do whatever it takes I'm also hoping that this is a huge success and that we get the Alien 4 that was derailed yeah. earlier. Well, I guess technically Alien well, 3, Aliens 2, whatever yeah, they yeah, would yeah. call it. Yeah, no. And you know what? Bring back Heather Langenkamp for one more nightmare. Why not? We need to give all these women their due. I think um, if you're just asking me anything to er- to erase the memory of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, I'll take. I'll take it to the bank and give me Heather. Give me Heather. Give me Miss Langenkamp. Miss Langenkamp. <laughs> Like, give it to me good. Should we call her? I think we probably should. I think so, too. Tell me about your relationship with horror. That's a that's a big, beautiful question. It really is. Matthew and I both, my brother and I both, we really just were Halloween babies. I mean, not literally. We were born in February. But my mom would told us that growing up, we would, she would wake up and she would hear laughing coming from our room when we were young. And she would come into the nursery and would see my brother and I like in our separate cribs, just staring at each other, sitting up. And she said, cackling like witches. (laughs) And just from early on, we just had a witchy Halloween-y sensibility. It started with Nightmare Before Christmas for me and some Disney Halloween cartoons. We just liked things, the dark stuff. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it necessarily, necessarily came from. Both my parents are not um, creative types. They're not into Halloween. They're not into scariness. We have their their interests are very separate from me and and my brother. But I ju- it was just in my bones. And as we sort of grew up, I really sought that sort of like shriek factor. Just in general, I wanted to. I don't know. I I always wanted to be very scared. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to experience it i remember jurassic park was a big moment for me growing up because i saw this poster of this big t-rex skeleton and i thought it looked scary to me and i thought i want to experience that and i i dragged my dad to go see it and i was terrified i was very young and and i just like jumped in head first part of that has to do with in some way a little bit you know had a very conservative upbringing went to church a whole lot and my parents were not against 
it at all. They were not, they, you know, they, they didn't try and keep us away from horror, but we just really leaned into it. And I still am not really sure like where that comes from, but there's something about it. I feel like I can relax, which doesn't make any sense, but I feel like I can relax with horror in a way. Like I like to like take a nap to w- watching Halloween. It's like life is scary enough and you know growing up gay in a conservative environment was like so rough enough i looked for those opportunities to get some chills and thrills from like my entertainment because if there were like monsters and witches and all these dark forces that were like running things you know real life didn't seem you know to at least to other people to be that bad for me it was like there was something exciting out there that i could kind of connect with and i felt like was like my tribe in a way i love that you came into the world with an incredibly strong sense of who you were right out the gate tackling in your crib so no one could feign surprise at any point because you were never (laughs) anything else i just yeah came out came out cackling would you say you were drawn more towards halloween first than horror i know those things are kind of intrinsically linked but they're not necessarily that's true you know I think I was definitely drawn more to Halloween itself first. At least I have the strongest memories with that. I sort of was more drawn to, um, you talk about Halloween costumes. I was really, Matthew and I both, I think were more drawn to like classic sort of Halloween images. I really connected with skeletons and ghosts and Matthew really connected with like jack-o'-lanterns. And I liked the sort of classic and nostalgic, even though I was four, like sort of feeling of this classic clean white image of like a, ghost or like a skeleton and there was something cute and twisted about it that I really connected with and obviously horror is definitely my favorite genre and how I live my life basically and I got very into it but there's always something about movies and things that scared me very badly that I wanted to take ownership over and understand why it scared me and it slowly became like this love for like the classic sort of gorgeousness of Halloween that sort of transferred into like all scary all year round sort of that visceral terror that came from horror movies so i think it was kind of a subtle transition into no let's start off with halloween and then move into scary and part of it was you wanted to make friends with your fear i guess yeah scaring you and then yeah i wanted to like under like understand it and connect with it and i think that is a great way to put it because halloween to me feels friendly it feels like an old friend and even like freddie now feels like an old friend i was always drawn to specifically witches i just loved the idea of everything that a witch encompass i actually feel like on some level i self-identified as a witch, sure. for lack of a better way to put it. Sure you are. And I am. Thank you. Thank you. You see me. <laughs> I see you. You see me. Yeah. And I have to believe that on some level, I knew I was processing something that I didn't have the words for. Yeah. And I knew on some level that I was different. Yeah. And that I didn't relate to certainly the kids around me, but the people around me in a way that made sense. Yeah. And that even at that age, I kind of knew that... I wanted my life to look different than what was being modeled for me, but I couldn't yeah. have told you what that was because I had no frame of reference for it. So the closest I could get was, I think I'm a witch. I think I might like, be a witch. That makes sense to me because I feel like there's something about me that most people would think is bad yeah. for some reason. But I get that. So I think that's why, why I was drawn <laughs> to specifically the witch. 
I think it's at the, that point, the idea of the other, you know? For sure. That's part of the queer experience with this genre. For sure. Let's talk witch. Don't get it twisted, to be clear. I'm talking symbol of Halloween witch, mm. uh, horror movie witch. Yeah. Full crone, not Wicca or right. any like yes. contemporary witchcraft practitioner. Right. The classic Halloween right. witch. With the broom in her hat. Her, her purple stuff. dress, like, her green that's, skin. That's what I want. Witches, yeah. witches, witches on their brooms. Right, yeah. There is something about like a sort of other quality, even like going into late 17th century puritanical sort of Salem witch trial sort of stuff. I Oh, and even literally the crucible, <laughs> like reading the crucible and like watching the crucible, all of that sort of like a witchiness. It felt taboo to me. In the best way. Of the right? best way, yeah. That aspect of society that was misunderstood, taking ownership of that and being like, yeah, that's right, I'm a witch. I'm throwing Carrie White on the pile. Oh, sure. And considering her a member of our coven. I think that works. I think I'm going to grant Carrie White witch status. I'm sure she could be considered that by her mother, probably. Well, right. She has telekinetic powers that are sort of tied to the awakening of her feminine sexuality (laughs) that send people into a religious tizzy. Of course. They're afraid of her, threatened by her, don't know what to make of her. Yeah. 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 I think that absolutely works. Let's talk about The Witch. The one. The movie. Yeah. The, The. Not Blair. Not the Blair the. Witch, the <laughs> witch. So it is very uncommon for me to really resonate with a new film. Mm-hmm. I find myself going back to the same things I've watched over and over yep. since I was a kid or a teenager. And for the most part, whenever I see something new, I usually have the same response. It was fine. Yeah. It was just fine. I might forget it five minutes later. If I never see it again, I would probably be totally okay with that. So I'm going to go home and watch Dream Warriors or Halloween 2 or whatever it is. Right. When I have something that is not that experience and I really, really respond to something, I have to to really stop and take stock. Yeah. And I definitely had that experience with The Witch. And I think you did too. I very strongly did. One of the things that we (laughs) bonded over, you saw it in the theater. Let me tell you how I found it. A friend of mine, somehow, some way, I still don't really know, got a screener of The Witch. Didn't tell me much about it. And he said, well, you just need to come over and watch this. And we watched it and I could not believe it. We watched it again together later that week. And then I, breaking all of the laws, asked him to send me a copy of the screener. And I showed it to various friends over the course of that year. And I watched it Eight times before I went and saw it in the movie theater. You were essentially bootlegging the witch. Yeah. Or I guess campaigning for the witch. Yeah, I was showing it to friends, and then I went to go see it. And I think I saw it twice. I've seen it many, many, many times. It's very rare that I feel like one, a film measures up and becomes a top 10 favorite for me that I can really connect with. Was cackling the, the entire movie because it goes to all of the places that I wish a movie would go. It just never has or never does. And I really deeply valued and appreciated the sort of old English dialogue and speak of the film that I don't think it was until the third time that I saw it that I really got what everyone was saying. And I love that. I love a movie where you have to catch up to what's going on and it doesn't pander to necessarily to the audience. And I think early on we see the witch, right? Like, I don't know how spoiler we can be, David. Oh, but. please. Very early on. But very early on, I'm like, okay, cool. So we see the witch. Yeah. Because I thought going into it once it started that I wasn't sure there was honestly going to be a witch. Don't tell me at the end of this, there ain't going to be no witch. Right? right? Yeah. Like, But I thought that was a possibility. Right. I thought it's all going to be, I don't know. I didn't, even though the film is called The Witch, 
I was like, maybe it's not. Maybe there's a red herring. Like, maybe something else is going on. You know, maybe it's just the idea of a witch. There is no real witch, but early on, I was like, okay, well, chopped up the dead baby, so um, here we go. And And sweet, now she can fly, because that's how you get your broom off the ground, right? Just rub a little baby fat on it, you're good. you rub, 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 and then you fly into the moon. (laughs) Nobody was recognizable at that time in the movie, and... It looks so authentically old. I just love the spelling of the witch. I love that it's the a, a New England like <laughs> fo- like folktale. It deeply spoke to me, and I needed everyone. It was my first date with a few people. I literally like was scamming guys to come over to my place so I could get, watch the screener of the witch one more time, you know. And then I wanted them to leave. I love mm. that as a as a filter or a litmus test for potential partners or at least dates. I don't have time to waste. I need no. you to tell me what you think of this movie. Let's get and right that into will it. Will tell me everything. Let's that right I need it. to know. Who has time? By the same token, my now partner, our first date, I propose that we go to a hamburger place where they serve patties that were 50% beef and 50% bacon. And I knew if he says no or thinks that that is disgusting, he is not, Sorry. not the one for I, me. I don't have time and I need to know now. No, for sure. So my expectations were were pretty well in check. I knew that there'd been like a lot of positive buzz coming out of the festival circuit. And I think since then, there have been a lot of films that kind of have that festival halo effect around them. And then yeah. when you finally see them again, your expectations are so high that they can't ever really be met. That was not the case for me, at least with this movie. I was kind of going off of the recommendation of a friend who had seen it at a festival who told me, I'm not going to say anything else other than I think you are really going to love this movie. So I was there on opening night. The theater was packed. And I could tell within the first five minutes that this movie was made for me. Yeah. And just the way it looked and felt, I wanted to live inside of it. I'm totally immersed, drawn into this film. I'm like giddy and maybe like not physically shaking, but I was getting that feeling like, I can't believe that I'm having this experience. I'm glad that something can still elicit this strong of a response from me. The movie finishes, the credits roll, whatever. And I didn't want to move. I didn't want like, I guess the literal spell to be to be broken. Yeah. I wanted to like savor this experience. And the audience all snickered and booed <gasps> what? in unison and then started staggering out. And this, um, this gay couple like walked in front of us. I think they sensed kindred spirits in us or whatever. And they looked over at me and kind of laughed and flipped their hair essentially and were like, oh my God, that was great. I can't wait for the sequel. And I just wanted to be like, shh, 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 shh. Like, David, no. this is why I can't. Shh. This is why I can't. I think there may have been a similar, not, there was definitely not booing, but a similar sort of like, what sort of response to the, the uh, maybe the theater where I saw it, because I, I remember the feeling that not every, and not just in the theater, but like the universe, you know, 100% of the universe didn't absolutely love it like I did. Again, I think that's some of the hype problem. So total side note, but that, that piece, like the audience reaction to the movie has stuck with me for several reasons, mm. but it was also clear to me that I have been part of a number of projects that have been put out into the world where I wasn't necessarily pleased with the way they were received or Mm, experienced, mm -hmm. which obviously you can't control, but it was a clear reminder to me. And I think anyone else with any sort of, you know, who's pursuing anything creative or if you're an artist of any kind, you never know how someone is responding to what you're doing. Yes, that's right. It's obvious that not everything is for everybody. But even in a theater that was full of people booing, I was sort of dumbstruck in my seat, not moving. So 
whatever you're putting out there, someone is maybe going to have some kind of life-changing, profound we, experience. We say that with it. like with every show that we a creep show or whatever that we do. I always say to the cast before we do a show, or even to myself sometimes, you don't exactly what you're saying. You don't know just because somebody is and doing theater obviously is a little different because you see the reaction of your performance like happening right in front of you and just because somebody is sitting sort of stunned in silence and maybe not like smiling or like cheering or even being like super effusive or responsive that doesn't mean that they're not enjoying it that doesn't mean that there isn't a huge impact on that person because you never know i didn't want to like get all intellectual about it but i was sort of taken aback by the I'll say emotional response that I was having to the movie not only as kind of like a cinematic experience because and it's an incredibly well-made movie I think from a technical perspective yeah but why I felt like it spoke to me and played on me so personally in the way that the best movies do do you feel like you identify with Thomason yeah I have to believe that that is a huge part of why I was responding to the movie in this way, specifically the end. For me, it wasn't about her not having any other choice. It was kind of a moment of self-realization and for her finally embracing who she's always been Mm. on her terms and feeling like the utter delight and freedom that comes with (laughs) comes with that. I love that. I absolutely came from a conservative religious background and went to a fundamentalist Baptist elementary school that was legitimately terrifying. Yes. Where everything, well, everything period was considered sinful and worthy of punishment of some kind. Certainly everything that I knew that I was very interested in um, <laughs> was on, not okay. on every level, yeah. my witchcraft, my gay craft, like yeah. any and all of it. And I certainly felt like I was always in hiding because I was. And I knew that if I wanted to kind of get through this experience, I had to keep all of that undercover and just wait for that moment when I could seek out the dark forces of and join their hellish crusade, yep. for sure. When you're young, it's hard to really know. I, this is speaking from very specific personal experiences that you and I both share. Um, so I doubt most people can relate to this, but like you're very young and you're like, all right, I have prayed and asked to be saved. I don't know. Do we feel, am I supposed to feel different? Like, do I, am I supposed to get like a rush over my body? Is like, I'm supposed to get chills? Like, is everything going to be brighter and more vibrant now? Like, you know, I was, I a few times was worried that maybe I had said in my head, said the prayer wrong or I wasn't actually saved. So I would do it again just to really like make sure. Better safe than sorry. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like, I guess that's where like potentially like faith comes in that, you know, no, I fully believe that I did this correctly. And this is, this is for for the real deal, but um, no, like I totally, I totally relate to that. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of Stockholm syndrome that happens. And I feel like that's kind of what's going on with Thomason in the movie and what my experience was too. This faith, this religion, this belief system, whatever it is, is important to me on some level because it's part of my identity and Mm -hmm. it's part of like, my family's identity, but I'm trying to kind of simultaneously make peace with this thing that's important to me and on some level feels like home, but that's also telling me that everything about me is fundamentally wrong. I know. And those two things can't 
really coexist at least not for at least not for very long yeah do you feel like when thomason's flying up in the air at the end laughing it's her embracing her true self and you're you feel like you've finally flew up into the air and are laughing too absolutely yeah <laughs> and you know by the time i'd seen the movie i was well past that point yes but it still totally works and triggers it all must of feel that like for some me. validation in some and ways. that is one of those that is one of those movie moments that I will sometimes, you know, put the movie on to just watch that part. Yeah. Also in that category, not for the same reason, I don't think, is like the last 10, 15 minutes of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yes. Like that is just Just such... run out the window. Yeah. Literally. Exactly right. Run through the window. Yeah. And the the finale of The Witch is that is that moment oh, for me. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, I'm a witch. And I'm not sure those two things are different. So. And I'm naked <laughs> and I'm flying above flying. the trees. My feet are lifting off the air. And, and I, I look gorgeous. I couldn't what? be more amused with myself. And credits. You know, like <laughs> laughing at myself, covered in blood. These are my tits. So I'm going to ask you one thing about being a horror-loving gay. Yeah. Has that at all impacted your your dating life? Has it ever been important to you to to date someone who sort of shares what's important to you or at least understands it? Of course. Or is that not like a priority at all? No, I think I, it's not a priority that someone likes horror as much as I do. It's a priority that they don't mind my weirdness around it. You know, I like to fall asleep to horror movies. I do. And if you have a problem with that, it's not going to work. You know, so you don't have to be, watch the movie with me, but you have to be okay with us watching a horror movie as you fall asleep. And I, I had to wean myself off of going to sleep watching anything, but specifically horror movies. I, mm. um, and that's one, you know, one secret single behavior that rears its ugly head when I'm yeah. alone for long periods of time is that the bedtime horror movie for sure. No, I it's very real. So like, <laughs> I think I've got to like, there is a guy that I had I ha- had a crush on. And I ran into him one day. It was right before we were about to go into Crete one year. And he was like, oh, I'd love to come see your show. I just can't. I'm too scared. And in my brain, I was like, okay, well, I guess this crush is over because it's never going to work. <laughs> if you, like, can't come to see, like, what I spend my life on because you're, like, too scared for that. And he's like, oh, I don't like scary movies. I think there has to be at some level. I at least... I at least I don't even want to say tolerate because I'd love somebody to celebrate it with me. But reach a claw across the aisle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, at least be down for it or love to be scared, you know? Like, come on. Like, let's have some fun. This is going to sound ridiculous, but it took me longer than it should have to realize that there was an entire subculture of horror-loving gays, of which I was clearly a member. Yeah. I kind of thought for a long time that I was one of very few and that it was kind of my thing and that there wasn't that much overlap. Yeah. Um. And it kind of took, there was a period where I would go to a lot of midnight screenings of horror movies. And I realized over time that I kept seeing all of the same people mm. at all of these movies and that they all definitely seemed to be gay. Yeah. And that this was, I think it's more of a thing that's out in, out in the open a little bit now. Yeah, it is now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like more a part of the conversation. Yeah. But at the time, that was kind of a revelation to me. But I came up with a cutesy nickname for all these horror-loving gays that I kept seeing, which was I called them slash us the Dick Warlocks because yeah, that's not obviously that's like light blue. Well, it's, I know, but you know, but obviously because Dick Warlock plays Michael Myers in Halloween too, mm-hmm. and I thought that was cute. That's know? right. And again, it also encompasses everything that I feel like I am a little yeah. wi- a little witchy, yeah, a little, a little gay. <laughs> All right, so you're coming back. Yes. We're going to talk about H4O. And until then, thank you so much for being here. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. 
Okay, I think it's time to ask the Horkle. We're going to get a special Halloween reading from the online deck of cards I created where you can ask a question or if you just need some general guidance, you can get some input from the wit and wisdom of horror films. So let's draw a card and see what the Horkle has to say for Halloween today. We have pulled dreams. Perfect. And the image on the card is Nancy Thompson in the original Nightmare 1 sleeping with you know, Freddie pressing through the wall above her. And the card reads, Pay close attention to your dreams at this time. As you sleep, your soul is free to wander through the astral realm where it collects important information. Upon waking, record any details while they are still fresh in your mind. Look for patterns or recurring symbols which may offer guidance or insight into your current situation. I think that's a nice nod from the Horacle to the show going forward, reminding us to listen when our dreams speak to us. If you found your way to this show, you probably know that it's hard out there for a witch. Whatever that means to you, whatever that word embodies. I'll tell you what, I've had my broom confiscated before and I'm not falling for it again. So I'm putting out the call, it's Halloween. Let's get our witch on under that October moon. If there's any part of you that's been made to feel wrong, evil, shameful, or just plain weird, embrace it, revel in it, live deliciously. And if you're still, for just a second, I'll bet you can feel your feet start to lift off the ground. Happy Halloween, witches! Bye! This show is an Unreliable Narrator production. For more information, visit unreliablenarrator.org. Yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, I'm a witch.